Welcome to the Stream of David on Ohm Times Radio with best-selling author, channel, and creator of the Taya Spiritual Practice. David Strickle shares the eternal wisdom of the consciousness called the Stream. The Stream of David show is fun and informative and seeks to not only answer all your spiritual and life questions, but to also provide proven tools to navigate life's obstacles and find a path to joy, clarity, and abundance by hearing the Stream's no-nonsense, direct approach to spirituality. Prepare to have your mind blown and receive clarity on your life and the universe like you perhaps never have before. And now, your host... David Strickle. Hi, welcome to the Stream of David Show. I am here today with a very good friend of mine, Gary Temple Bodley. Gary is another channel. He's uh, I've referred to him before as my soul brother because the moment I met him, I felt like I had known him forever. And he channels the Stream of Consciousness Joshua. Hi, Gary. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're on because every time we get together and talk, it's always a very interesting conversation. And, and before the show started, we were saying we're going to save it all for the listeners. We're going to save it all for the show. So let's dive into uh, the topic at hand, the election. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't even hear about the election, right? That's one good thing about all of this is that we don't have to, to suffer through normal election year uh, stuff everywhere. So. So, you know, we're in what a lot of people are calling a pandemic and what the stream is called the global reset. So let's kind of dive into to what you and, and Joshua have uh, have been doing these past few weeks. Well, all, you know, it's very interesting because people will say this virus is something that can hurt me. Therefore, it's bad and wrong and I need to protect myself and avoid it at all costs. And that's not really looking at it, the reality of what everything is. Everything that comes to you is for you. And so... This virus is based in love, and it's here for a reason at this perfect time. And if you're going to look at it in fear, well, you're just not perceiving it from the higher perspective. But if you understand it's based in love and it's here for a purpose, then you can sort of say, well, what is that purpose? And so what do you think that purpose is? Well, I think the purpose is global reset. I think the yeah. purpose is is our collective consciousness wanting to well we are increasing in vibration certainly and, and and the stream is increasing and I don't mean the stream is, is as far as the entities that I channel but the stream of consciousness which is where they are based is, is speeding up and we're all questioning things and we're all wanting more and we're all wondering what we're doing to our planet and we're all wondering how politics continues to serve us and we're all wondering how our consumerism is serving us and notice that this quote-unquote pandemic, this quote-unquote virus, is causing us in different ways to really look at all that stuff. Yeah, it's and, for purpose for everyone. And so the, what we all have this time to sort of reset and to think about what's really essential and what's nonsense or what's distracting us from living these, you know, spiritual lives in joy rather than the old approach with trying to control everything out of a sense of fear. Exactly, exactly. And, and if we can move beyond the fear, and, and you see, and of course, we, we always find ourselves getting divided, right? And once again, here we are divided. We were, we were touching on this a little bit before we went on, is that the people within our own friendship circles are allowing themselves to be divided between people that are going to sort of, you know, move through this period in appreciation for what it is, 
and not live in fear of getting a virus. And there's nothing wrong with washing your hands. There's not anything wrong with wearing a mask when you leave the house. But if you're wearing the mask, knowing that you're not going to, to come in contact with something, that you're going to be fine, that's one thing. But if you're wearing the mask because you're terrified of coming in contact with, with a virus, then you're going to attract something negative to yourself no matter what. So there are people that have taken all these precautions that have gotten sick, and there are people that are taking no precautions, even more of, of this group, that aren't. And one of the interesting things that happened to me, Gary, is back in February, I've said this on the show a couple of times already, but you haven't heard this from me, but back in February, I never get the flu. I'll get a little cold every year. And it sort of comes and goes and does its thing, but I never get the flu. So I never get a flu shot. I can't, I, I don't know that I've ever had a flu in my life. And this year in February, I got the flu. And this yeah. is before we even really heard of COVID-19. And it was a bad flu. It was nasty. I never had the flu before. So it really hit me. And, you know, it, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I had a fever. I had this chill. I had, I was, I remember I was under covers and I couldn't get to, you know, warm. I couldn't stop shivering. And it came and went within a few days. And after that, I had this cough that lingered. And then it just sort of went away. And while I had that going on, of course, being sick in and of itself lowers your vibration. And of course, you have to lower your vibration in the first place to get sick. And, and we all do that. We all fluctuate up and down in vibration. But I remember going into a meditation, doing the things that I know to do to feel better when I am, you know, when my vibe is low and when I'm not physically well. And I remember asking the stream, why did I do this? Why did I manifest this? And the very clear answer that I got was you manifest illness in your body to make your body stronger. Absolutely. The same reason yeah. we manifest every negative thing or every unwanted thing in our lives, right? I was uh, talking to Joshua today, as I do sometimes in my mind, and Joshua was saying, what if there was a virus that swept through everyone? And when they came out of the other side of the virus, some people would get sick and some people wouldn't even notice it. But if they came through the other side, they had new abilities to see, you know, the vibrational truth and everything, to see more joy, to be more loving, to do all this stuff. And yet there would still be a population or a percentage of the population that would be in fear of this, of this virus that ultimately did amazingly good things to you. And this is sort of what's happening. People are in fear of this virus and however they interact with it, whether they actually get sick, whether, whether they're asymptomatic or whether they just hear about it, right? They're, they're interacting with it somehow. When they get through it, they're going to be at a different place. And I got, I was in, uh, in Tampa in February and we had, we stayed with some friends and then we rented a big house and we had like 11 friends there from all over the country and we were just having a good time. And on the way home, I got sick exactly like you did too. And I think Very interesting. I probably had it too. Yeah. Right yeah. at the end of February. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't know to go get tested. We just kind of, you know, treated ourselves and go through it. But we probably got it early. And I, my belief system is I built up the antibodies for it, and I'm fine. I, I do wear a mask when I leave the house. In fact, you, um, where I live in Southern California, there's a $1,000 fine for not wearing a mask outside your home. <laughs> so, you know, I'll throw a mask on. It's fine. I have some hand sanitizer. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing things to, to 
you know, to, 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 but I do it in joy that, you know, hey, this is cool. I couldn't get hand sanitizer, so I learned how to make hand sanitizer, and that was kind of cool and uh-huh. fun to make it yeah. myself. And I have this little bottle, and I gave Michael some, and he sent some to his parents. And and so, yeah, I'll put some hand sanitizer on. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm not going to go out without a mask. You know, I'm just doing, kind of flowing through, but not doing it in fear, doing it in joy that this is just what we're doing at this time. There's nothing wrong with doing it. But certainly I'm not in fear. I've, I feel like I've already had it and I'm strong enough to weather it. And the thing that really gets me is that we all get sick. The, the, the mortality rate for this is, is, is higher than some things, certainly. But right. it's certainly nowhere near 100 percent. Right. It's not even, not even 10 percent. Uh, so and I don't know what the percentage is right now. I don't want to pretend like I know because I don't want to give attention to that. But yeah. people fear death so much. And we've done a lot of videos on this. So I have a lot of videos running all over social media on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else where I'm channeling and the stream is talking about this. And somebody just this morning, I try to answer as much as I can on social media. And somebody just this morning said that, you know, they don't understand how this could possibly be a good thing because, you know, 17 people have died in their country from it. Of course, is you know, for a death toll, that's pretty small compared to some countries, but they're focusing on the 17 people that died from it. And I talked to my parents over the weekend and, and they're in Austin, Texas, and they, they go on, online and they keep updating the death toll. And so my stepmother's keeping my father informed of the minute by minute death toll <laughs> yeah, they in Austin, the, Texas. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we got to see how many people have died from it now. And, I'm, you know, I'm not going to change them. I know that. And yeah. it's not my place to change them. Let them have their experience. Right. But it's, yes, it's yep. fascinating to me this fear around death when it's something that a we're all going to do and 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 b you know this is not this mass killer that people want to make it out to be it's and even like, if it is even if it is you know even if it is returning someone to their completed state as we like to say right most of those people are, are in a, a weaker position to begin with you know they're older and some aren't i understand that but most right. of them seem to be somebody that's already compromised their immune system is already compromised and this is simply the facilitator of their return to their completed state and i don't want to make make light of people that have lost someone but death is is a fact of reality and a fact of life and i think it really gets into how you view death and how you view your eternal nature or your human nature. And if you're really, you know, kind of stuck in what we call the 3D, where this is all there is, and there's no spiritual beingness to us, then I guess death is a pretty scary thing. You know, and when you're so afraid of death, you make choices and decisions based in fear. And those decisions will never be for the greater good because they're based in fear. And when you could, you know, it's just that people don't have the broader understanding of the non-physical that we have. We know that we're eternal beings, that we're coming to physical reality to explore on this plane of existence where fear is part of the part of the aspect of physical reality, and we're sifting and sorting to understand who we truly are, and then we'll return to the non-physical. And, you know, we don't have that same sense or same fear of death that other people have, but I promise you, if you watch TED Talks about near-death experiences, and there's a whole bunch of them, about the scientific research and the near-death experiences, you'll come away after watching three or four of those with such a much less fear of death. 
Well, because people that have had an authentic experience where they're not pushing against it and they're sharing it for the benefit of others are sharing what an amazing experience it actually was. At least that's right. how they were perceiving it. And it's, it's nothing to be feared. Yes, exactly. And when you yeah. don't fear death, suddenly your life opens up. Exactly. And I'm not saying that if there was you know, someone here with a gun to my head, I wouldn't be in fear. But there's no one here with a gun to my head. So I'm not going to be in fear right now. And I'm not going to be in fear in the foreseeable future. And my general attitude about anything is if, it's, if it comes to me and I'm the creator of my reality, then I created this and it's for the good of it. And maybe my perspective is limited in the moment, but if I choose the higher perspective, I can see how it can be good. And, of course, death is the thing that, you know, everyone wants to worry about. But what about paying bills? People are afraid that they're not going to be able to pay their bills now or that they've lost their job, you know. And they're not seeing the benefit that's going to come at the end of this because they're just not familiar with it. So those of you who are listening to this right now, you have to know that you're on the leading edge of thought and other people aren't going to agree with you, but it's simply because they have certain programming that has instilled limiting beliefs that cause them to try and protect themselves and to live in fear. Exactly. And, and of course, the process, and you and I both teach that, you know, for a living, part of our living, we teach the releasing of fear because we know the, the value of it. And of course, we, we teach it for free as well all the time because we, we see the value in releasing fear. And for those of us that choose to channel, especially channel verbally the, the way that we do, you've got to release fear and, and you, you've got to continually raise your vibration to allow that stream of consciousness to flow to you. Because if you're, if you're holding yourself in lower vibration in fear, then we're not getting that information that, that helps us and helps our friends and helps all of humanity, ultimately, those that are ready for it. So you know, the fear is just a lower vibration all the way around. And, and I am all about releasing fear in every area of my life. And it, it, I've gotten to the point now, Gary, to where when a little fear bubbles up, like we call these things transgressors in, in, in the streams teachings. When, mm -hmm. when transgressors bubble up and a little fear bubbles up and it lowers my vibration, it's almost exciting for me to have something new to detune now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that, that, that taps something. What is that? Absolutely. That's what you know, Joshua would call a manifestation event. Something is uh, triggering a limiting belief and you feel fear, and that's your indication that you have a limiting belief. So instead of trying to change the condition, we deal with those fears internally. And right. as, as we do that, we open ourselves up to inspiration that's coming from our inner selves and from source. And so essentially, everyone's channeling. But the only way that you really get the pure source love-based information is to release fear. Otherwise, you're tapping into fear consciousness. Exactly. Exactly. And, really, and, and the thing that amazes me is, you know, it took me many years to figure out these tools for myself. And now I'm amazed at how quickly when people are really ready to release this stuff and do the work to release it. And I always say it's work. You know, you, you, I don't want to pretend like it's not work. It, it takes some intellectual work to detune these things that you've been programmed with your whole life. But when they start doing it, it's amazing how quickly we transform. And, and we've heard lately about how the, the planet is transforming so quickly. You know, I live near L.A., and I heard the other day that L.A. had the best air quality since the 80s, since before yeah, I, 1980. I just saw that Facebook post. They had like three pictures in three different weeks of the lockdown and how clear it is right now. 
Right. The, the earth bounces back very, very quickly, and, and we are part of the earth. It, it, we're all the same, and we do the same thing. I know right now I've been eating not as well, and I've definitely put on some weight, and my body does that with relative ease. <laughs> and <laughs> I know, though, it's funny because at this point I have I know that I can get back into the zone of being super healthy eating a, a very healthy diet and, and really align with that and really appreciate everything that I'm eating and get my body right back to where I want it to be with relative ease, so much so that I don't have a problem letting it go a little bit at this point because I know I can tune back into that. And it's not just about being strict about what I eat. It's about appreciating my food on a different level and appreciating the, the physical activity on a different level. And so it's we can psych ourselves into anything, and you really are psyching yourself into it. You're, by psyching yourself, I mean... You're shifting your, your focus, your vibration to align with a new set of, of desires. Absolutely. Yep. Very powerful creators we are. So when we get back, we're going to talk about the economic impact uh, of all of this, because I think that, um, you know, we, we think about the physical and the big argument that seems to be going on now is people are more concerned about the economy than health. And, and, and there's all this back and forth. So we're going to dive into that when we return from this uh, commercial break. We'll be right back. Conscious Media for Conscious Minds. Ohm Times. And we are back. I am here with my friend Gary Temple Bodley, channel of Joshua. And we're talking about Global Reset because that's what's going on. <laughs> so let's dive it into let's dive into the economic impact of this. And, and what that looks like uh, from the, the Joshua perspective, the higher perspective, because we've been talking about that quite a bit. And of course, we have all of this uh, conjecture going on now in social media about the, uh, the economic fallout of, of all of this and the collective fear regarding that. Well, we've been programmed so much to, you know, act sort of like little robots in this economy. And I had this really interesting dream the other night. So in my old life, I was doing very well in real estate, and we would play golf all the time. And we would play golf at these really amazing golf courses. And in the dream, I'm tipping the bad guy, and I'm tipping the cart guy, and I'm you know, tipping the waiter at the restaurant. And it's like, those guys who are working there are all looking at me as if I made it. And it's as if the whole reward for all the effort and struggle to build this business was I got to play golf. It's like, that's not the reward. You know, that is what, what society is telling you is this reward and going out to a nice dinner and all those things are fun, but this is not the reward. The reward is you come to a place of spiritual awareness in order to understand who you truly are and to start walking this path of self-discovery. And when you do that, all your superpowers and your hidden talents and attributes come forth and you experience more joy, more good feelings that resonate with who you truly are. That's what the reward is, you know. And so this time is taking us out of that life where you don't have money to, you know, we don't we have the money to spend. And if we did, there's nothing to do. So it doesn't matter anyway. Right. And 
who cares about your credit rating and who cares about all this stuff being responsible and all this stuff that was just a distraction. And what's really important is understanding your worthiness, understanding that your priority is the health of your body and the vitality of your body and your, the vitality of your relationships, and then pursuing your interests and passions with abandon, not caring what other people think and not needing them to like, love, or respect you, but you accepting that the priority now is the body, the relationships, and your passions, and diving into those things on your way to understanding more and more about your authentic self. Yeah, and if nothing else, this is a huge opportunity for everyone to really learn to trust the universe. I always say the universe always pampers me. You know, as long as I release fear and I trust the universe, everything always works out. And I'm not saying that I don't have the little fear that has bubbled up. And I, I'm better and better at it all the time because I keep doing this practice that we do. But up until 2017, my corporate job that I had that was a mid-six-figure job that was sort of the last frontier for me of trust. You know, I got out of the bad relationship. I got out of the, the body situation I didn't like. I you know, forgave my transgressors. I did all the things that I was guided to do from the, the higher perspective in life. But I thought I needed to make, you know, three, four or $500,000 a year, depending on the year, to be happy and to just survive. I, I remember thinking when I lived in San Francisco that I didn't understand how anyone earning under $200,000 a year could possibly even live in San Francisco with the cost of living right. there. And I wasn't off base, really. And I remember thinking that I, I had to hang on to this job. And the more I thought I had to hang on to the job, the worse the job got. The more mm. the circumstances in the job changed and shifted to make me really dislike it and get uncomfortable and not want to be there anymore. And that's when it finally came to a head. And I realized that I have this ability that I could share with the world. I could come out of the closet as a channel, share what I have to share on a much higher level than I was allowing in my corporate job. And, and really, the message that I got from the stream is it's time to jump out of the airplane mm -hmm. and stop needing this guarantee in your life and start trusting the universe to take care of you. And I did that at the end of 2017. And, and people, I tell the story and people think, well, you know, you had this big nest egg from all that money. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was a spendthrift. I had a $32,000 Rolex and, you know, $90,000 car. And you know, I spent my money. I enjoyed it. I wasn't one to really worry about socking away a lot of money because I didn't live in fear of, of poverty. I just spent, I earned and I spent, or I should say I manifested and I spent, right? And so I didn't have a big nest egg uh, to, to, to leave with. And I, I jumped out of the airplane, I left, and here I am over two years later doing great. And it's yeah. not always about a pile of money rolling in. And I had to teach myself that. I had to experience the contrast of having no money come in from you know here and there in this experience to understand that wait a minute you know I still have a roof over my head I still have clothes to wear my dog has food to eat in fact she ate better than I did the whole time she's never gone off the fancy dog food the whole time <laughs> I've eaten tuna you know cans of tuna while she's eating the really good stuff and and I've been fine everything just continues to to unfold and unfold and unfold and unfold and I live in Palm Springs California a very expensive place you know to to live and my life has just continued to unfold in such a way that I am abundant and in love and I'm abundant in, in, in having the things that I really need in my life to have, you know, to, just to, to, to live comfortably every day. And it's not always about having money rolling in. And so that's the message that I want to send out to everybody is release this fear 
of poverty and release this fear of the economy and decide, no matter what happens with the global economy, decide not to participate in all that. I taught myself that lesson in the Great Recession because I worked in luxury retail. In 2008, I was deep into a career in, in luxury home furnishings, something that nobody really needs, right? Yeah. Certainly not a basic, you know, it's not toilet paper. <laughs> it was not the toilet yeah. paper business. Well, yeah, now we know what everyone needs, right? It's toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, and I, I can tell you, I'm, I'm big into appreciating and finding things to appreciate. But my appreciation was always, you know, my friends, my family, my health, the blue skies, the warm sun, the palm trees, the birds singing. I never in my life, Gary, thought that I would be sitting and, and showing appreciation for toilet paper and eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but I, I taught myself that lesson. The same thing happened to me in 2008. I had a big business. I was doing incredibly well, all that stuff, and then it was taken away. And now, 12 years later, I look back and think, thank God that happened. And this is really true, is your freedom and everything you truly want in life is on the other side of whatever you fear. And so for me, it was the fear of losing everything, so I lost everything, and I had to reset. And so that happened to me 12 years ago. And now I look back and said, you know, that was just this cheese grater life. This is, you know, rubbing up against the grater of life and efforting and struggling and never getting what I wanted. I lived in Palm Beach, and Palm Beach is the wealthiest community in the world. And when I moved there, I was expecting to see all these people who were super happy driving their Rolls Royces and their Maseratis. And my joke was, you'd see them out there with smiles on their faces ear to ear. And it's like, is that true? Not at all. Everyone's grumpy. Everyone's trying to control things. No one's happy. Everyone's in lawsuits. And and so this is just total proof that money is not the thing. And and this this thing they're teaching you to go out and be successful and get status and get money, it's never leading you to where you truly want. It's only leading to where you think you want. And what you truly want is the clarity to understand why you're feeling fear, why you think something is bad or wrong, and then to identify a limiting belief and do that process. Exactly. I love that you use the word, I use the word clarity all the time. In fact, one of our taglines, you know, is, is the, the entire practice is about joy, clarity, and abundance. And I always said, yeah. if I ever had three children, I would name them joy, clarity, and abundance, <laughs> but I'll never have kids. Yeah. So that won't be a problem for them <laughs> to have those names. But the, 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 the clarity, the clarity component is so important and so valuable to me. And I was just telling Mike this last night that I prefer clarity over everything. I love truth, but more than truth, clarity goes a little further than truth because truth is subjective. One person's truth is another person's mistruth, right? But clarity about how the world operates, clarity about everyone living their contrast, clarity about it's not my job to keep other people from their contrast, clarity right. about our eternal nature. Those things are so valuable. And I have lived in a beautiful home and driven great cars and eaten it fantastic. And I like all that stuff. It's fine. I like it. But just having this level of clarity and connection to source and appreciation for all of humanity, and I mean all of humanity, even those people that we think are the worst in the world, I understand the purpose they serve. And I, I will tell you, I think I mentioned uh, when we were chatting just before we came on, 
that uh, one of the things that I do in my mastermind group is I, I channel for them, and it's pretty high-level stuff. These are people that are well out of the, the Taya boot camp that I do, and they're in Taya Mastery. And, and a group of them came up and said they wanted to have a, a chat with a stream about the deep state, which I thought was really interesting for people that have you know gone through all of this high spiritual work, and now they want to circle back into politics, I guess out of boredom. I don't know. But it was a very interesting conversation to have. And, and it goes back into this fear base. We need to control, as you say, and we need to have justice. Mm-hmm. And when you need to yeah. have justice, go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on that before I share what I was going to share. I, I do want to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. Well, well, justice is the highest form of control because when you see some injustice, you want to fix that problem and you want everything to be fair. But that invalidates everyone's personal exploration. And so if someone wants to be, you know, wants the, and I don't say wants, but if someone is here to explore this idea of victimhood, they'll need to be victimized in order to take their journey of self-discovery to realize that they're, they were never the victim. They were always the creator. And for most people, that's a very difficult thing to understand. That's true. And it's sort of like you have to walk a path to this. In fact, you know, if you're if you're just listening to my show for the first time, there are things I may jump into here in a moment that are just too much. <laughs> so just just buckle up and take the ride here for just a moment. But the point the stream made to this conversation was it's not our place to administer justice, because in order to administer justice, we have to go down in vibration and meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. meaning that to, to connect with them and to really, that's how you catch a criminal, right? And this is why so often we hear about the people that we place in the position of catching the criminals actually becoming a criminal on some level because they're going down into that vibration and that that vibration may inherently corrupt them. Right. But we're not trusting the universe to take care of us if we're really dead set on justice for other people. And we're not understanding that if someone is doing harm to another on any level, I'll just leave it at that because they got into some pretty deep, gory, disturbing things from a human perspective, certainly. And if somebody's doing that, they're not doing that from a high vibrational point of view. They're doing that from their own pain, their own fear, their own need to inflict pain on another because they think that's somehow going to empower them. And that's their belief system. And they may get some sort of instant gratification out of that. But ultimately, via the law of attraction, which a lot of people in this instance label karma, they're going to bring something back upon themselves of equal magnitude, just like you said. And we truly don't need to be in the business of administering justice. If we want to be joyous and clear, that's not our paths. Our our paths are, are to show appreciation for all of humanity and allow the universe to do its job, and the universe indeed will take care of those things. Yeah, well, this entire system is based in love. We're based in love, but there's two streams of consciousness. There's the source consciousness that's based in love, and there's a fear consciousness. And when you perceive that you're the victim and that you have to control things, but you can't figure out how to control them, you're going to receive urges to change the conditions. So if you're very angry... You're dipping down into that fear consciousness, and your urge is to punch the wall. And so you might punch the wall, but you're not doing anything good for your hand or the wall. And this is true of any time you try to to act on some urge to control conditions. You're going to do something that's of no higher good. 
But if you can get into a place of alignment, seeing that everyone is here to experience whatever they're here to experience, and that's okay, and see them from the higher perspective, then you'll remain in alignment and you'll receive inspiration that will be of benefit to all that is. You know, uh, Joshua was talking today, we did a Joshua Live today, and Joshua was saying, if you think about all the actions that are taken by humanity, the vast majority are based in fear. But there's a few that are based in love, and those actions based in love have a thousand times the power of any action based in fear. So True. from Joshua's point of view, people are moving from fear to love, and if more and more and more people are taking action on inspiration based in love, it's going to accelerate this whole process. And there's going to be so much good coming out and so many new ideas and so many new inventions. And we can't see them coming yet, but they're out there. We didn't see the Internet coming. We didn't see the cell phone coming. We didn't see Bitcoin coming. All these amazing things are coming, and we have to trust that this system is allowing love to flow through us into physical reality in the form of ideas and this conversation and inventions and books and music and all that stuff. The reset is, is is very obvious to me, and all of these things have have contributed. All those the technology that you just mentioned is exactly what is causing the reset because we're all communicating like we've never communicated before. Therefore, therefore we are all questioning like we have never questioned right. before, and the and questioning of yeah. government and religion is causing the destruction of it because we don't need it. Questioning of government, religion, the financial system, uh, educational system all of our limiting beliefs, uh, all of these institutions where they, you know, even science, where they say this is how it is based in science. You know, there was a great podcast I listened to where they discovered that these, this one company in Maine supplies all the lab rats throughout the country. And this company has been doing it for a long time, 40, 50 years. And they found that in these lab rats, these rats had these long telomeres. And the telomeres cause them to rebound quickly from any little problem, but eventually all die of cancer. And no one knew this, and it's like turning all of these studies on their ear now because now they're yeah. That's why everything called cancer for twenty or thirty years. Remember when everything calls cancer? Right, because all these because everything calls cancer in lab rats exactly. Exactly, <laughs> and no one thought to say, "What's your breeding policy?" Are you changing this up every couple of years? And uh, and then they found that they had never done anything. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another example of the universe pushing back on us, utilizing a, a, a form of life in that way. Well, as, and also as, as the universe does. Also, also just believing. Okay, these lab rats are fine, and the study is perfect because it's based on these perfect lab rats. Oh, you know, you know, not even thinking beyond that. We're just blindly following right. what. Well, question everything. Of, yeah, exactly. the thing is question, question everything, question everything, question everything. I, I can't say that enough just to question everything. But don't go down the rabbit hole of lowering your vibration by getting into, you know, the conspiracy theories on everything and, and getting into the negative of it. Question everything, but appreciate every answer that you receive. And realize that all the information is coming from within when you can get out of that fear and be in alignment. This is the source of all your truth will be coming from within. Fantastic message. Well, we'll pull back to the uh, the financial topic discussion because I liked a couple of points that you made. I want to dive into that a little more 
uh, after this break. We'll be right back. Excellent. soul with waves of consciousness on ohm times radio ohm times magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity wellness and personal empowerment a philanthropic organization their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via humanity healing international through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale ohm times co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. The Thai spiritual practice is changing lives all over the world. Listen to what just a few of our Thai bootcamp graduates have to say about this life-changing experience. I see Taya overflowing in every aspect of my life. It's just truly magnificent. There were times that I was not self-assured and didn't have the self-confidence, but now I'm fearless. I really love myself and I know how to live in joy and let go of all these things that held me back from living this beautiful life I've always dreamed of. And it's amazing how rapidly those things start showing up once you practice Taya. It changes everything about you and it, it, it will affect all other aspects of your life, your health, your, your career, your money, your relationships. And I think that certainly has helped with my anxiety, with my mental health. I'm realizing that, wait a second, I do deserve the best in life. Visit thestreamofdavid.com slash TYA to learn more and book your free discovery meeting today. That was a quick uh, return. We're back with Gary, Temple Bodley, Channel of Joshua. I want to dive back into, it's funny you were talking about living in Palm Beach around all of these people. And I've been around a lot of uh, wealthy people in my life, especially professionally. And always surprised at how people can have so much and be so miserable. It was almost like the more they had, the more miserable they were. I remember doing a listing on a house. It was, I would say, 15,000 square foot, probably at the time $6 million. And the woman lived 24 hours in her master bedroom. She had an assistant a manager downstairs in the entire living room, which was gigantic, maybe 3,000 square foot living room with a desk in the corner of it. And the woman never came out of her master bedroom. And it's like, this is self-imprisonment. You could be in a gilded prison, but it's your own making. And it's all based on, you know, trying to withdraw. And, you know, when people feel negative emotion, it's because the limiting belief has been triggered. So they want to withdraw from life and, and, you know, because too much resistance and too much control and it's not working. And so it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So that, that's yeah, why see. I think this reset is so good because, you know, it's all the distractions of the things we thought we wanted, a better house, a better car, a better job, a better girlfriend, better boyfriend, all these things. Now we're like, okay, now we can only focus on this now. And if, you know, if you come back to realize what's most important, what's essential is your body, your relationships, and your passions. 
if you focus back on that stuff, then all the other stuff is sort of meaningless, and your desi those desires that were leading you to explore who you're not, this inauthentic version of you, become like less tangible or meaningful. And now you can really shift your attention to what is important. And we're all going to go through a shift as far as money is concerned, but we don't know how that's going to play out. And so there's really no need to worry about it now. It's likely this will bounce back pretty quickly and we'll all sort of land on our feet because, the, like you said, the universe is always taking care of us and that's always proven true in our past if we look at it. Absolutely. And, you know, if there's a global economic implosion, then we're all going to reset back to zero. If nobody has money, <laughs> then we're all the same again anyway, right? Exactly. So if that's the truth, and of course, I don't think that's going to happen, but if that's the truth, then all of a sudden everything, and that's what happened in the last recession, all of a sudden everything became more affordable and the pricing Absolutely. went down for everything mm -hmm. and, and things became easier to consume. And, and, and many, many people that thought it was the end of their lives bounced back and taught themselves that lesson as you did. In, in fact, you learned a lesson. We taught ourselves different lessons in 2008. And, and you're a little older than me, so I think you're a little further ahead along in this journey, perhaps. <laughs> but you, you, you took it as, okay, you lost everything that you had, and then you realized you didn't need any of that stuff, and it right. gave you new insight. I didn't have that experience then. I went through it saying, I'm not going to participate in this. I'm going to focus on my abundance. And working for this luxury retailer where our, our business uh, got cut in half almost instantaneously, but I was the new guy in the company and I kept getting promoted. So year after year during the recession from uh, 08, 09 and 10, I made more money year after year because I kept getting promoted as the fat cats that were above me that had been in the company forever were all getting let go. I got their territory. I got more salary every time I got more territory and I ended up earning more money year after year during the recession because I didn't participate in it. But, and, I, and I'm glad that I managed that time that way. But then I came to the realization that all of my stuff and my high salary and my beautiful house and my nice cars and all that stuff wasn't really doing anything for me. And then I continued to, via my ego, hang on to that stuff a little longer, really via fear, which is kind of the same thing, hang on to that stuff even longer until finally, as I shared earlier, I just couldn't not get out of that. I, I couldn't just, just not get out and, and share the stream message with everybody and do what I do now. And now I've proven to myself, as you did to yourself back in 2008, that I don't have to have all of that stuff, first of all, to, to love myself and be happier. I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life. I don't have as much money as I did back then. I don't have as much material stuff as I did back then. But I'm also not hanging my happiness on that. And right. while I still believe that, you know, there's nothing, you know, a beautiful home, a beautiful car, a wonderful meal, those are nice things. And I do believe at their best that the physical expression of, of source because somebody put effort into creating something beautiful or, or that tasted wonderful or that we really appreciate. But when you're consuming and consuming and consuming and consuming because you like the high of it, you're actually doing so because you're not really connected to source and you're, you're thinking that there's one more thing that you're going to get that's finally going to make you happy. It's got to be a bigger house. You know, I, I, I had in-laws that um, in their 20s, they both had trust funds. I'd married into this this family early on, and, and, and he had a, a sibling that married into this wealthy family. And uh, it was sort of a, a sibling of a sibling situation, so not anybody that I really knew, but they both had trust funds. And they had a 5,000-square-foot house in their 20s. And they were building a 14,000-square-foot house in their late 20s. They had two little kids, 
And I remember his wife sitting and complaining that her cook and one of her two nannies both went on vacation at the same time. And it was horrible for her. Yeah. It was a horrible experience. Yeah. Yeah. She was building a 14,000 square foot house. She was late, you know, going to meet with her interior designer about her tile selection. And she had to take both of her children with her, which was just a a horrible experience to have to take your children because one of your two nannies is on vacation. And then you were going to have to figure out dinner because your cook is off. (laughs) And I remember sitting thinking, wow, you've got some serious problems in your life. I feel terrible for you. Yeah. Talk about things that are distracting you from what you're here to experience. And this is a spiritual experience to discover who you truly are. And that life is not who you truly are. Uh, Here's a really good way to think of it. If you're constantly concerned with yourself, what people think of you, how, how you need to protect yourself, how you need to be a certain way in order to get them to like you, how you need to make sure that your job or your business you you get to the top first, you know, without anyone else. You're living in the old approach to life of victimhood, and you're wishing things would be different than they are. You're, everything that you're using to as your excuse to feel good comes from outside of you. And so you're waffling between feeling good if things seem to be good and feeling bad if things seem to be bad. And so you're, you're not in control of your vibration. You're reactionary. On the other hand, you realize you're the creator of your reality. You're here to discover who you truly are. And you don't use outside, outside things to validate you. You can say, oh, this is great. I really enjoy this. But it doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't define me. And you can start really appreciating everything. I tell the story of this house I have. I bought this 5,000-square-foot Victorian mansion in this little town in North Carolina. And it was $112,000. It had been vacant for seven years. So I renovate it, and I spend a ton of money renovating it, you know. And at some point, you have to stop because you cannot get this house perfect. There's too much to do. So you have to absolutely accept the patina of it. It's never going to be a perfect house. There's always going to be paint chipped here and something broken there. And you just need to accept this is the 110-year-old house that I love. As it is right now, it's perfect representation of this big, beautiful house. And that's it. When we can accept ourselves with all our patina as perfect and our friends and relationships with all the patina in those, not wanting them to be different or try to improve them, and then to accept our passions and interests that are perfect for us to explore, even if other people don't think they're worthy of exploration. This is the journey of self-discovery. So you have to realize that this is all about What is moving you to understanding who you authentically are? And I think really you get that through a process. One, I think really important is meditation. And then to have a little uh, self-introspection, you know, you can listen to this radio show. You can listen to other podcasts. You can listen to watch videos and read books. That's all passive. If you want to make the change, you need to engage in something active, like your Taya boot camp, like Joshua's boot camp. And it's fascinating how more and more and more people are coming to these things and how quickly they're shifting their focus. And just like we heard on your uh, blurb about you know, your, your people talking about the Taya, is that 
when you get to feeling good about being who you are, that's what joy is in life. And it's accomplished through work like what, what you're doing, what Joshua's doing. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because we, we both run these boot camps and, and you hear the testimonials like we did on the ad that you just heard. And and the people that come into boot camp, they come in for different reasons. You know, they're all wanting to, to raise their vibration. They're all seeking joy. And sometimes it's tied to, to money and material right. things. And I will tell them, you know, in, in the uh, onboarding process that you're going to come in wanting that. And that's fine because you can truly manifest anything you want. If you want a Bentley and a yacht and a, and a big you know, mansion, you can manifest that. The, people do. And if somebody else can manifest it, so can you. There's no difference. But when you come out of a situation like that, that's down the list. It's exactly. down the list. And it's funny that the second woman that speaks, I won't name her, uh, but the second woman that speaks in an ad that we just heard, she talked about money and career and finance, and, and, and but her anxiety. When she said anxiety, that should have been the first thing that she mentioned because she's someone that suffered great anxiety about natural disasters and things of that nature before she came in. And she had all these fears about stuff. And if she had yeah. not done that process... I don't know where she would be right now in this pandemic. And and she was just on our panel for our reset summit the other day. And she's doing great. I'm doing great. I'm working from home for the first time in my life and I'm cooking and I'm just enjoying being here. And, you know, just to think of how fear-based this person has been her whole life to get in and do some work and release that from her experience to, to be able to be ready for this. Yeah. Right. You know, so many people I think have come into our, our programs and things like that to be ready for this moment. It's amazing because mine started thanks to you in January of last year. And all the people that have come through it in that year and we're in number eight boot camp now, it's like, oh my God, it's setting us all up. And now when you talk to those people, nobody's scared. Everyone's doing fine. Everyone's going through this with ease. And they're all like, I could never do this if I hadn't done the boot camp. I would be totally different person. Yeah, these these boot camps. It's funny because when I first thought of of doing a boot camp, I think I told you this story uh, when I met the person that taught both of us how to how to run these things, you know, mechanically. I uh, I really turned my nose up at the idea, and I thought, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do workshops like Abraham, and I'm gonna write right. books, and that's gonna be my life. And yep. she kind of laughed at me. She says, you need to go think about this and meditate. And I really liked her. I did vibe with her right away, but I didn't like the idea. And so I really thought about it. And the stream, you know, came right through and said, hey, dummy. And they didn't say that, but it was like that. You know, it was like, hello, you want to help people change their lives. You left your career because you want to help people profoundly change their lives. Books are great. Podcasts are great. YouTube videos are great. But for people that really want to change their lives, getting into a scenario like this is how you're going to help them do that. And now two years later with over, I think we're over 90 graduates now, it's 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 just so satisfying. And now I'm like, gosh, I've created the perfect scenario. I do what I love. I live in the city where I want to live, exactly where I want to live on the planet. And now I'm working from home during this. So I haven't missed a beat, you know, yeah. with this, uh, you know, stay in place thing or whatever we call it. And I, I, I love what I do. I love helping people get there and then doing the ongoing work of, of, of seeing what unfolds next and what unfolds next and what unfolds, unfolds next in our lives. And the more we work on raising our vibration, I haven't found a ceiling yet. It, it just keeps getting clearer and clearer and you keep getting deeper and deeper appreciation for all of humanity and for the process of, you know, everyone's on their own path of life and death and experiencing their contrast along the way. And even if they're not discovering things of this nature, it's okay. You know, not needing to be right. Talk about clarity, 
right? Yeah, exactly. When yeah. we get the clarity of not needing to be right here, here I've got this thing that I think is the keys. This is the key to the universe. You know, that we understand the key to the universe and the key to happiness. And it's such a great thing that I don't need to go and evangelize it for every single person on the planet because they're not all ready for it. They don't all want it. And everybody's on their own path. And I have appreciation for that now. I love that clarity. You know, what I'm seeing, though, is so many more people are coming in through this big bubble of love called the law of attraction. And they're really resonating with it. Something inside them is saying, you know, this is true. And then they try and focus on the positive aspects and they get stuck because nothing really changes. And then they find your radio show, my podcast, and I'm seeing these worldwide numbers really increasing now to the, to the point where we were in one, one of the podcasts that um, was in one of these countries, I can't remember the country, but of all podcasts in this country, uh, Oprah was number four and we were number five. And that just shows you, you know, there, <laughs> there is, and it was a little country, so it's not a big deal, but, but which is well, she probably owns it. So. <laughs> <laughs> she owns the country, right? It's, it's like, her country, so you're right behind her. That's good. If, if we were talking about law of attraction 10 years ago, it's way more in hushed tones. And it's becoming so much more and more and more. Oh, it's very mainstream now. I heard somebody on a country music channel on Sirius Radio talking about law of attraction a few months back. And I thought, okay, if country music radio is talking about this, that's something. We've got to wrap up. And before we do, I want you to tell everybody how to find you. Uh, Google Gary Temple Bodley, or you can go to the teachingsofjoshua.com. And we have a great group site on Facebook called uh, Joshua Teachings. I think that's it. Or no, Friends of Joshua. Sorry, Friends of Joshua. <laughs> and we, we will both tell you that channeling all the time does make you a little loopy otherwise. We, yes. we both can be loopy about stuff, right? It's so funny. And Bodley is B-O-D-L-E-Y in case you're Googling him. Uh, right. That is how you spell his name. It's all, always such a pleasure to talk to you and, and share these ideas. And it's just amazing how much synergy there is between Joshua and the stream. And I can't wait to uh, do another live channeling with you real soon. Have you back on too. We're soul brothers. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. Namaste.